Don't don't do a first date like I guess like don't go skydiving for your first date. Well, don't yeah, go what if bungee you shit jumping. Your pants. Yeah. Like that's humiliating. Wait, is that like well, pretty I don't high know. on the list of <laughs> But I personally I wouldn't want to go on a first date and shit my pants. There's no going back. That's Sarah's first concern. Like skydiving? <laughs> Think about the shit. Has anybody thought about the shit? <laughs> We have a special intro for the Rom-Com Rewind podcast today. Do we? We do. Oh, How familiar okay. are you with AI technology, oh, Sarah? Oh, um, not very. So, <laughs> so let's get rid of all the like um, the housekeeping before we get into this. So, so basically, I told ChatGPT to write us an intro for this podcast. Oh, I'm going to read that intrigued. for you verbatim. Full transparency. Took a quick look through. <laughs> Looks like it's legit at some points and some points it goes off the rails. So, um, you know the drill, though. If you want to reach out about anything on our podcasts, Instagram, at Romcom Rewind, TikTok, become a part of the RCR fam. Just, you know, we, we love to chat with you there and we love for you to, you know, just dive into what you like, what you dislike, just conversations around the podcast. So, without further ado, your friend Devin told ChatGPT, take the descriptions from the Rom-Com Rewind podcast and make an introduction to an episode on, well, we'll, we'll find out what, the, what it <laughs> says. So this is what ChatGPT gave us. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind podcast, where we revisit and deconstruct the most beloved romantic comedies of all time. In this episode, we're diving into the action-packed romantic comedy, This, this means, means War. Good job, Sarah. And uncovering the layers of its thrilling love triangle. I feel like ChatGPT really? was like, let's just get synonyms of shit they normally say. <laughs> and go with it. Join us as we explore the high stakes world of two CIA agents, Tuck and FDR. It doesn't say this, but they're played by Chris Pine and Tom Hardy, um, who unknowingly find themselves dating the same woman, Lauren, played by Reese Witherspoon. With friendship, romance, and espionage colliding, we'll dissect the intricate dynamics that unfold in this unconventional romantic comedy. So wordy, ChatGPT. Throughout the episode, we'll delve into the themes of trust, honesty, oh, will we? And the delicate balance between love and friendship. Are you ready wow. to dive into those things? The delicate, yeah. We'll discuss the complexities of navigating relationships as Tuck's Tuck and FDR compete for Lauren's affections, resorting to elaborate schemes and clandestine tactics. Woo! ChatGPT just has a great dictionary, I, was I think say, is the, all it is. Thesaurus. It goes on for another, like, six more paragraphs. Oh my god, really? Oh, I know, it's a very long... Wow. <laughs> oh, do you want me to keep going? No. It is very intense. This means war isn't just <laughs> a battle for love. It's a showcase of growth, forgiveness, and the power of second chances. We'll analyze the characters' journeys, examining how they confront their own vulnerabilities. I love how ChatGPT just assumed, like, here's all the shit you're probably gonna talk... We're gonna talk about none of that in this episode, <laughs> but thank you for that intro. Um, <laughs> why don't we dive in? Sarah... <laughs> Yeah. So this means war. I think that is that a good enough premise? It's two spies fall in love with the same girl. Yeah. That's basically it. It is. It is. And and like the crazy war that they have between the two to kind of win their heart, win her heart. Oh, ChatGPT ends it. Oh, yes. Puts it a nice little bow on it. Says, don't forget to grab some popcorn, sit back <laughs> and join us for an entertaining and insightful exploration of This Means War wow. on the Rom-Com Rewind podcast. See, mistakes <laughs> right there from ChatGPT. You're assuming this is going to be entertaining. You're also assuming we're going to be insightful. I'm 
not sure on either of those counts. <laughs> <laughs> giving us way too much credit. Thank you. You know, I have a computer. Yeah, photograph my girl. I was doing the same thing. You want to see her? You got three. One, two, three. That's Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Scott. I feel weird about dating two guys at once. You think Gloria Steinem got arrested and sat in a jail cell so you could act like a little... I think I'm going to hell. Get out there. You get flexible. You know what? You date her. Besides the fact, if I got in the picture, it wouldn't even be fair. I'm sorry. What does that mean? I think we should lay down some ground rules. I think we should. I don't think we should tell her that we know each other. Let's stay out of each other's way and just let her decide. May the best man win. <laughs> All right. So this movie, you know, it's funny. It's like the male version of Bride Wars for me. And Bride Wars um, has Anne Hathaway and Kate Hudson. And they're fighting over not a guy, but they're fighting over a certain venue for their weddings and they basically sabotage each other throughout the entire movie. And we haven't done this one yet for the podcast, but it is on our list and um, we are very excited to do that one. However, this is kind of like the same type of premise I feel, but more like spy espionage and like obviously fighting over two guys fighting over a a woman. Um, It was fun. You know what? Like I think I like this one better than the killers. It's kind of along those same lines or other spy espionage type movies. Reese Witherspoon, I you know what? I think we've done a few in the last little bit of her, and I really did not like her in Your Place or Mine. Correct, yeah. I like her a lot more in this, but I find she actually kind of somewhat does the same character. Yes. She kind of has the same personality or character in all of them. Doesn't know what to do about the guy or like, you know, that kind of thing. And it might be like the damsel in distress kind of situation, but... I I just kind of found it, especially with this movie, after having done a few in the last little bit. However, back to the actual movie. Well, oh, real quick, while, yeah. while you're making that comparison, mm-hmm. there's also the 2010 romantic comedy, How Do You Know? Oh, God, yes, which was Owen not Wilson, my favorite. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like, once again, it's a love triangle. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like her character in this is a little bit more vibrant, but kind of similar in some ways, too. Is it? I didn't like that movie. So. I was going to say, how do you know she was very deadpan for a lot of that? She she gave us a little bit more energy in this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know what? I, I am a big fan of Tom Hardy. Give me some Tom Hardy in a movie and I'm good to go. Um, love Chris Pine as well. We just recently saw in theaters um, Dungeons, and, Dungeons Dragons. and Dragons, which was really good. And I have never played Dungeons and Dragons before. I don't even really know what the game is about, but it was just a really nice, fun, action-packed movie. And Chris Pine was really good in it. I really liked him. I like him in a lot of things. I loved him in the Star Trek trilogy that they did for movies, but I did enjoy their characters. I thought they portrayed them really well. The the haven't gone on a date in forever, doesn't really know how to how to date, and is totally a, a romantic uh, Tom Hardy to self-absorbed, you know, just cares about himself, wants to show off all the money and like the, you know, the luxury life, uh, Chris Pine. I, I enjoyed them in this movie. Yeah, it is. It's really entertaining. It's solid. It's probably one of the best of the action rom-com genre outside of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I just think they kind of hit a lot of people on an upswing too. Like Reese is obviously a star by 2012, but Tom Hardy mm-hmm. is going to be playing Bane later on the same year. Oh, Peaky thanks. Blinders starts yeah. the year after this. And that took a few years to get big. 
He was in Mad Max in 2015. Yeah. He was in The Revenants, Venom. Like, like he was like a name. You're like, oh shit, Tom Hardy. But like, right. I feel like when this came out, he was really like rising. I would agree. Cause like, cause I think too, there's another Mad Max coming. Did you know that? Yes. He's not involved though. No, he is. Oh, is he he's, involved? Yeah. Well, I looked on his IMDb. There were some weird stories of, because him and Charlize Theron right. hated each other on set. Like, openly despised each other. Which, like, I don't know how you could hate Tom Hardy. <laughs> well, I think, like, like think about where they shot all yeah. of that. They were basically in the cab of a truck for, like, 90% of the film. Yeah. So, but you're right. Very, very tough guy to hate, you would think. And then I, I would say the Chris... Chris Pine, like similar to all that, like he had been in a Star Trek movie when this right. means war came out, but he would go on to be, it go in two more Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. Jack Ryan, the love interest in Wonder Woman, like, Oh my God. Oh my God. How can I forget that? Right. Like such he, a good movie. He was a name and you're like, Oh, Chris Pine. But mm-hmm. like, once again, this movie kind of came and he's only ascended even more since then, right? Yeah, and I think they both got better. Yes. Right? Like, and I, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the, the male characters in this movie. Like, both Chris Pine and Tom Hardy, they got better as time went on and the more things that they were in. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Just back to the Mad Max thing. Yes, Mad Max, The Wasteland. Uh, it's in production, and he's Max. Real? Oh, he's reprising his role as Max. Yeah, yeah. Because I heard that there was going to be a Furiosa prequel. Movie. Right, right. That was a thought as well. I did hear that as well. But yes, and then he's uh, pre-production for Venom 3. I also find action rom-coms, like like in a typical rom-com, you can have B-list actors and actresses, and if you give them a really great script or a compelling story, those end up being fantastic mm-hmm. films. But with an action rom-com, the only ones that ever really hit and hit well is like... You got Brad Pitt's and you got Angelina Jolie. Right, like or you a bigger have Bru- name. Yeah, or you have Bruce Willis or you have Tom, J-Lo. like Night and Day, Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. You know, yeah, J-Lo, like Shotgun Wedding. Like for Shotgun Wedding, you know. Totally, you yeah. kind of need that like, this person is a star. The name. Yeah, and I think this film kind of obviously had Reese, but also had two people who were stars and would only increase their stardom From more. that point, yeah. yeah, from that point on, yeah. So the movie opens at, uh, the opening scene is at a party where the bad guys try and get away on a helicopter. But we have FDR and Tuck who take them down and they're told by their CIA, um, I guess, person that they have to keep it on the DL. Like this cannot be um, like publicized. It has to be kept under wraps. Just get them and we'll be done. Well, sure enough, it is not. The bad guy, the main bad guy, Heinrich, um, his brother falls off of the roof and lands on a car and dies. And so that is kind of the catalyst for the evil villain side of the movie, which is Heinrich wants revenge and um, is out to find the two guys. So we also meet Lauren. Um, she has no life other than her job at this point in time. She's not dating anybody. She is a product tester and she's got a sick 
job. Like that is so cool. I would love to do that job. Basically testing all of the products that are in your like local hardware stores. How fun is that? That is the lamest thing you've ever said. That's you just want (laughs) to test products. I think that's so cool. You're testing headlights on like cars. You're testing like how fast vehicles can go without falling apart. You can test like, I feel like it's that, like that TV show that used to happen where they used to like demythed things like Mythbusters. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. You are sensationalizing product testing. I am. (laughs) It's cool. That's such a Sarah thing to like too. Like I just want to ask you questions about your air fryer. (laughs) I do. See what the craziest thing you could put in an air fryer is without it melting or like whatever. That'd be so cool. Or like what the heat, the amount, like how high the heat could be. Like so many different things you could do with these. I love it. Fascinating. Super cool job. But her job is her life at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So back at work uh, at the CIA, the guys are in trouble. Basically, the director has told them, like, you guys are grounded. You no longer have anything to do with this case. This guy is going to come after us now because, like, you killed his brother publicly. Like, everybody knows about it. And now we have to do damage control. You guys are not having anything to do with this. So they're kind of bummed. They're like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And so they're just like, you know, hanging around. This is kind of where it starts to like go through the whole like dating thing where um, Chris Pine's character, FDR, kind of convinces uh, Tuck to to go and put himself on a dating website. We then go back to Reese Witherspoon's character, Lauren. She is walking uh, probably after work. She's just singing along um, with her headphones in hilariously. Like, I don't do that. Do you have you ever done that when you go on a walk and you have headphones in your ears? Yeah. Do you like are you like singing or dancing out loud? No, never. No, uh, I don't know. Who does people that. do not do that. Yeah, no. Like, I find like that is like a piece where, again, like it's such a Reese Witherspoon character. Like she would do that. They would write her to do that. I feel like, although with that said, we have had people reach out on this podcast, talk about how they walk around and laugh along oh, to us. I would hope so. <laughs> like not, not that we're funny. Not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, I do that with podcasts that I listen to yeah. and I'm like chuckling and laughing. I'm not dancing down the street and singing along. Do you think those people feel weird? They're like, <laughs> in public. No. And it's like, what, are you, what are you listening to? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think that that's different. I think. Think. But, but to my but, favorite of those stories, by the way, is that girl who does like I, she works in the forest somewhere. Oh, is yeah, it yeah, like, yeah. and she listens to us like she on does. blast? And yeah. I'm just picturing like some hunters or somebody walking through the forest, <laughs> and they hear us blaring <laughs> off the trees. That yeah. would be concerning. Well, I think. I think it's also to keep bears away, which like I totally understand. We <laughs> are your bear repellent. Exactly. Who needs bear bells when they have us? Sorry, bear bells? Bear bells, yeah. Are bear bells a thing? Yes, there's bells that keep away bears. Yes, they're called Stop. bear bells. Stop. Yeah. Are you lying? <laughs> I'm not lying. It's a real thing. There's like bear like mace, yeah, but of there's course, also bear spray. Yeah, bear spray. Sorry, I don't know why I said mace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like a mace a bear because that's how close you can get. No. Um, <laughs> no, there's bear bells. <laughs> the so, more I say it, it sounds weird. It, it does sound weird. I'm, I'm going to fact check that in a little okay, bit. Okay, please do. <laughs> Lauren does meet somebody important, though, on this walk. We get to discover Lauren's ex. Yes. So Lauren I, runs... Steve. I, I was just about to say I don't remember his name, but Steve. Lauren runs into her ex. Classic moment running into the ex. The ex has already moved on to a different person. It's very awkward. 
And at the end of the conversation, Lauren awkwardly explains away like, oh, yeah, I'm just like going to meet my significant other, whatever. She walks to her favorite <laughs> Asian restaurant who sits down beside her. Yeah. The ex ended up there as well. And, she, yes. and they're like, oh, are you not waiting for so and so? And then the server is like, oh, no, 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 no. She only ever orders for one. This Lauren I have for you. OK. Worst stories oh. of seeing your ex. Oh, God, these are going to be good. OK. This person says, I bumped into my ex and his mom and sister while I was out shopping. This was the first time I'd seen him since he dumped me 10 months prior. It was awkward because his mom decided to hug me and say, <laughs> your boy still loves you. Oh while I just nervously laughed and felt grateful, I was, she was actually moving like cities. She was moving away the next day. Oh. Yeah. That, that is really awkward. Like, leave it to moms. Moms <laughs> are the classic, like... I know, they totally are. Like, they'll... Especially if they really like that person, right? They want you back in the family. Like, an ex... I had a, I had. I was going to say, do you... Do you oh, an Yeah, aunt. so, like, so... Um, what? That's, like, extended family now, yeah, Sarah. And, and, like, she's wonderful. I, I love her. Um, after I broke up with, um, with the guy, his aunt reached out and said... Um, <laughs> You, oh you, you know, you can't pick your family, but you can, you know, you can pick, you can pick who you, you know, you want to, whatever. She said, if you, if you ever want to date someone, like if you're ever ready, just let me know. I have somebody, I have oh a guy, God. I have a guy She's really that trying I know. to keep you in the family. That's creepy. <laughs> wow. Like anyway, I thought that was, just, I th actually thought it was really nice. Uh, I mean, it is nice. <laughs> She's like, she, it was like, it's um, not, not a little weird though. Like, like, oh, like, you know, um, I really liked you like that kind of thing. Like it was just like along the lines of like, uh, you know, you can't pick your family, but you can pick who you, you know, want to, whatever. I don't know. But yes. So she, she reached out to me and I loved it. <laughs> This person says, I had just gotten out of wisdom tooth surgery and my Oof. ex was in the waiting room. Oh, yeah. Sarah, how, how well do you do respond to um, oh. that kind of stuff? Like, like anesthesia. Face, yeah, Anas anesthesia. anesthesia. Not well, hey? Yeah, no, not, not well. Not well, hey? Um, no, not well at all. My face completely froze. <laughs> Maybe you would be as bad as this person because she says, <laughs> I was not over him. And because oh. I was looped up on so much drugs, I started crying oh, and no. saying how much I loved him. <laughs> oh, no. That's so <laughs> awkward. Oh, her mom had to drag her out. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, this story involves my husband's ex. Uh, we got married last October, so February was our first Valentine's Day. We decided to go to a small restaurant for drinks and dessert. The restaurant is associated with a speakeasy bar, which we had always wanted to try out. So we decided to go there after dinner. And it happened to be having a burlesque night okay. at this bar. Um, we had a few drinks and we're having a great time. Then they announced the first burlesque dancer and we were shocked because who was it? It was the husband's ex-girlfriend oh, was the dancer. That's hilariously awkward. Isn't that wild? <laughs> like, Sarah, what do you do as the girl? Like, oh my God, that's your ex on stage and she is imminently taking her clothes off. Well, I think like, I mean, he's obviously already seen it. So like, it's not, it's wow. right. Like it's nothing that like, how understanding Sarah, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Well, you can leave. <laughs> yeah. But then that just shows that she like clearly has something over you. Like, you know, True. right. So you like, just, why would you, you just sit and there especially and cause it. like you're married to this person. This person has no, no longer connection to this other person. It is super awkward. And like, it would be probably like, Oh my God, taken aback. And like, I can only imagine you sitting there watching your 
husband's ex take off their clothes like that's awkward that sitting is. there watching and and in your mind knowing like my husband's seen all this He's seen all this already <laughs> you know intimately but like, not super awkward like not wow. like you know you would be remarkably understanding about that sarah <laughs> i was not picturing that for this person says i was working during orientation weekend at my university okay have you ever done campus tours um <laughs> for you Oh yeah, you brought me on a campus. <laughs> but you know what though? University. I was I was a resident advisor. Um, That's what I mean. In university, like, so I didn't do I didn't do tours. I didn't do campus tours. But like I knew the campus very very well, and so like I would take my students around. Due to my position, I was the only student working with transfer students while my ex was transferring to the school. Oh no! <laughs> Had to spend eight no, hours no. guiding him and his parents around <laughs> no. the campus. Oh, that's really awkward. Within two weeks, he <laughs> he, he transferred left. out. Yeah, he transferred back out again. Oh my god, I feel like that was a small university then, because like, oh, so gonna... he withdrew from the university. Wow, yeah. I feel like that would be small though, because if like that's really a bother seeing your ex, like there's some other things going on. It's a lot of time spent <laughs> together. I had to take um, at my college. I had to take not my ex, but my ex's ex. Oh, like I, I had dated this girl. I was aware because like he, yeah, I, I was aware of who he was. Right. And then when her and I broke up, like cool, whatever, mm -hmm. moving on with my life, like three weeks later, her ex was doing a tour that I had like through a certain part of the college I had to give. Them oh, no. So it was very awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ooh, this one's rough. I was fooling around with a guy once and he thought it would be a good idea to invite one of his friends over for a threesome. Oh, God. Turned out to be my ex. Oh, my God. No. Okay. No, that is awkward. Yeah. That is really weird. I, again, same situation as like, yes, you've seen them naked, but this, this situation is different. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this, this is, is different. This is like, you know, one, one almost has the leg up because, um. The leg up. <laughs> interesting <laughs> because choice like of words. they already know you know what they like <laughs> true versus the other true. you know oh <laughs> stop doing that man she doesn't like that at all go over here do this instead <laughs> this person says uh i was buying pregnancy tests at my local big box store i came around the corner with three boxes of tests how many how many pregnancy tests do people usually buy? You know what? It's like, like do you actually like I'm going to just get a ton. OK, so I know a friend buys pregnancy tests from Dollarama or oh, from the no. dollar store. No, no, no. Like I think they're actually legit. So oh, come, then, I still wouldn't trust then, that. Then, Are you kidding? But like they're only a dollar twenty five. So like you buy a lot of those and then you try them. And then when there's a positive one, you then go you out then and go you spend because okay. like they're like 20 in, at least in Canada here, like they're twenty five dollars. For a box? For or? one. What? Yeah. Like okay. around that, like give or take oh like five, ten dollars But yeah, like they're very expensive. So like th what they did was they would just go to Dollarama, get like a heaping load of them. And when there was a, like they were trying to have a child, obviously. So um, one would hope. <laughs> yeah, wild Saturday night. You never know. Woo. Got to load um, up. <laughs> so then, yeah, when they, when they would get a positive one, they'd go and. and oh my God. <laughs> they do have multiple children. So, and yeah. <laughs> the, okay. So the story continues on. Okay. Picture her running around this, a big box store. So maybe she was getting them cheap. Um, I oh, ran yeah. into uh, the ex and his new girlfriend. Oh, that's awkward. Like with all the pregnancy yeah, tests. Yeah, that, that, that'd yeah. be like 
that would be like i'm just gonna slowly fade into the shadows yeah well you're in an aisle at a grocery store it's yeah. kind of like you she's like then i had to walk back out of that aisle yeah just bye so we've established lauren yeah. did not have a good experience meeting her ex and then we jump back over to tuck so so in the background here lauren's friends don't even know her name she's played by chelsea Hamlin. trish 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 is trying to convince Lauren to jump on a dating site. Right. Meanwhile, Tuck is, we, we meet his ex-wife, played Katie. by Abigail Spencer, Katie. Love her. Love her. Oh, she's the greatest. She's isn't gorgeous. She? she is so pretty. She They have a son together, mm-hmm. but she's kind of moving on, dating other people, whatever. So Tuck is like, I'm also going to jump on this dating site. And actually, Trish does it against Lauren's will. So Lauren walks into work the next day and everybody's like, oh my God, you're on a dating site. Okay, this it's was kind of dramatic. This was really funny. <laughs> like everybody knows the joke, but you don't. Mm. Like you're on the outside. Super awesome. I I would have been mortified had somebody done that particular dating site for me. Like that particular profile, because like, I think to a lot of guys, when you, when there's a keg stand, when you're doing a keg stand and then there's like a, I want a serious relationship. No, those don't coincide. Like they don't go together. Yeah. No. Do they? Like, I guess I should ask a guy keg stand. And then like, I'm a gymnast and then I really want a serious relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it all, it all comes through because Lauren's on this dating site and she sees, oh my God, there's Tuck. Well, she doesn't know it's Tuck, but she says, wow, that guy, I could date him. Yeah. And so they end up going on a date and they really hit it off. Um, They're both kind of hesitant at first. Lauren's like, you're not a serial killer, are you? And he's like, no, maybe I haven't killed anybody this week, which is actually true because he's a CIA agent. Yeah. Very tongue in cheek as the, the audience is aware that he's being very coy. Yeah. And so they hit it off. Like, it's really great. And then right after Lauren goes to, um, I believe, the HMV to rent or a a music video store. Yeah, it's just some video rental store. And she runs into Chris Pine's character, FDR, who just randomly hits her with like she's about to grab a movie. And he's like, no, 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 not that one. You should do this one. And they start talking movies. And it turns out she is a film aficionado. But... Lauren is also clever enough to realize that he is playing everybody in this store. FDR, do do you think guys actually used to do this at like a blockbuster? He was scoping out the video store. That would be creepy. To try to find his date for the night. I think maybe it's because now I would think that that's creepy. Because like I'm thinking I'm going to go there by myself. I'm probably in sweatpants. Like when I would be like hanging out, you know, whatever, like just watching a movie, I would either go there, but I'd never go there alone to pick out a movie. But I also wouldn't go home with somebody who's who would pick me up in a movie rental place. But but Lauren's thought process is correct because she's like, you have a captive audience of people you know are not busy tonight. This is very you, true. You have no plans. You're I, renting a movie, girl. I, get, I totally get the logic. I do. <laughs> but I do find it creepy that like I would never go home. Like, OK, if I had never met you. Yeah, sure. And okay. we're in a blockbuster. Sounds great. And I'm like, you know, looking hot. Just picking out movies because you wouldn't you wouldn't talk to me if I was in sweats like yeah you know, yeah okay I, if, you, you know, if you're looking like, like Lauren you just got off right, a date you're right. at the video store yeah and I'm look looking at I don't know the Parent Trap or something and, and just like movies and whatnot and you came up to me and was like oh I don't think you should get that I think you should get this one blah 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 and try to pick me up like I wouldn't go home with you that's weird really what if right? I was Chris Pine though. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> she, Sarah just stared off into the distance. Oh no, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> um, like, are we talking like actually Chris Pine or just like a character of Chris Pine? Like, like, like this guy, FDR, suave, good looking. He is Chris Pine. Well, okay, okay. I have to put myself into like the whole bar scene. People have gone home with people who they just met at the bar. At right? A, right. At least you get a movie out of this. <laughs> at least you get a movie. Those people had been drinking, but you're true, right. True. You're right. Okay, so you know what? There's I guess the possibility here. Yeah, there is a really complicated matrix here because like I could I believe it now. I'm talking myself into going home with somebody I met at a movie store. I'm glad what we established <laughs> on this podcast is that if Sarah was single and I walked up to her at a video store, no, she'd be I like, would. no. no. If Chris Pine did, she's like, well, now that you, oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> no, I would go home with you. But, like, I'm also establishing that, like, I don't think I would have in general. But now I'm talking myself into it oh, yeah, because yeah, it makes yeah. sense from a bar standpoint. Sure, sure, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like somebody's, like, I don't know. I just like picture somebody coming up. Okay. So like the other, the other piece would be like somebody at a dinner table eating alone and then somebody coming up and serenading them and saying, would you want to come back to my place? Oh, don't, That don't. is like my worst nightmare. Yeah. I was going to say serenades for Sarah. That's just, that's <gasps> right off. Yeah. Oh boy. So <laughs> now we have, and both guys are unaware of the other's interest. So now FDR is like, I got to. I think I like this girl, but she just ditched him at the video store. So he does a little bit of sleuthing with the CIA and figures right. out where she works. Yes. Uses the CIA resources mm -hmm. to find her and like pretends that it's part of the Heinrich case. Who's the, the bad guy in the movie um, who like barely gets any airtime. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I just it's a thing like you're using CIA resources to hook up with a girl. Uh, yeah. is it Bad the form. Is it the return of the character of Judge Sarah? Judge Sarah does well, not I think that that is a proper use of government funds, ladies and gentlemen. Correct. I don't think it is. <laughs> correct. Yes. Indubitably. Like, we are taxpayers and we are paying, I don't know, like, I mean, we have like an equivalent of the CIA, but like, I feel like tax dollars go to the CIA as well as the FBI, right? Certainly. Okay. So where, yes, where do they get their same, funding? Right. Same page, Running same drugs level. In no, like countries. That is like a no. You can't use CIA spy resources to try and date a girl. Well, that's what FDR does, and yes. he shows up at her workplace where she's testing out. She's at. She's doing like a focus group on. She's doing ovens. more testing. Oh my god, more testing. We a barbecue. Oh, she's barbecue. doing a barbecue, by the way. Just letting you know. And he, he basically keeps on interrupting her. He causes enough of a ruckus in this focus group that she reluctantly agrees to go on a date with him. Correct. So at work, the two guys end up like turning their computers around to each other to say like, this is the girl I'm dating. This is the girl I'm dating. And it turns out that they're both now dating Lauren. Dun, dun, dun. So they decide that they have to figure out, like set some ground rules for them. Um, and that if it, if it ever affects their friendship, they'll stop. Um, they also both use CIA resources to get to know her better. <laughs> I both, say that with disdain. Yeah, they both have teams of guys working on it, telling them this is level four classified or whatever, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's about the Heinrich case. Exactly. Um, best love triangles in romantic comedies. Sarah, your nominees are okay. Bridget Jones's Diary. Ooh, yep. We have... Twi uh, Bridget Jones Diary, we had um, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth. Yep. Twilight's mm -hmm. 
Bella Swan, Edward Cullen, Jacob. Yep. Were you were you team uh, Edward or Jacob? I actually really liked Jacob, and I find I don't know. Yeah, the you're kind of the story kind of went like weird when they like did the whole imprint thing of like Bella's daughter when she's like a baby and like Jacob, who's the same age as Bella falling in love with the, like, it's just, it, it's that weird. was where it got it weird. Was, yeah. It was, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. There was From a, a lot. From a bystander, weird. it was weird for a while, <laughs> but like. Weird. There was a lot weird with it. Okay. I mean, it's a fantasy, like, so, you know, we're getting a new series, like, right? We what are doing that. Well, it's funny. Cause like when you said twilight, I'm like, Oh, like my gosh, I think all the movies are on, like, I don't know what they're on right now, but like, I was like, Oh, maybe I should watch them or read the books again. We're anyway. New shit. You're good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put the notebook on the list. The love triangle for the notebook. Because remember she loves Ryan Gosling. Who's that guy in all those romantic comedies? I can't James remember. James Marsden. James Marsden. That's right. <laughs> she ends up with James Marsden for quite a bit. Right. Her girl, Rachel McAdams, but ultimately goes back to, to Noah. If okay. you're a bird, I'm a bird. Mm. Got crazy, stupid love. My boy, David Linhagen. Oh, that was a good one. Okay. Kevin Bacon, Steve Carell. And then I'll throw at you um, The Holiday. Because remember Kate Winslet's character? Oh, she's still like her, her editor back at work. Yes. Yes. Is a love interest. And then she meets Jack Black. Yeah. Okay. So, um, crazy, stupid love as number one. Um, no, sorry. Bridget Jones diary. Number one. I was going to agree. Kevin Bacon. Well, um, and then I'd say like, uh, Twilight for sure. Like that was like a big one. That was like, cause it was intense. She was in love with like, or liked them both. Um, or spanned also like three freaking movies. Uh, Yeah. Well, in a part two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Crazy stupid love. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. FDR goes on a date with Lauren and he brings her to a club, which like is literally in my opinion, one of the worst places to bring a date. Interesting. Yeah. I have in front of me. <laughs> of course you do. You know what? I <laughs> I actually didn't have it for this part of the pod because I think we go on worse date oh. locations later. So you know what? I'll, that's a little tease. It's what we call mm, a hook in the oh, biz, RCR okay. fam. Well, that's coming up. You you keep talking about this I'm date and I'll get to that. intrigued. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they go to a club and he tries to like wine and dine her. By like walking in the club, going to the very front of the line, saying like, hey, how's it going? Like blah, blah, blah pretending. Well, well not he's pretending. He's not even dining her. He's Sorry, just yeah. showing up like a hot shot, which makes you look like, like a bar oh, star. He looks like, yeah, but he also looks like a douche. Yeah. Like he looks way too cocky. Oh, hey, I know the DJ. We're just going to, oh, yeah. Sam's here. What's up, Sam? Oh, yeah. I'll see you later. You know? 100%. It's just like, it was icky. And. Yeah. It gives the ick. Totally. And Lauren's like, no, this is not for me. So. She leaves and he chases her down. Is like, why are you leaving? And she's like, this is, you're not the guy for me. Like, this is not my scene. This is not, yeah, my jam. So he's like, no, no, totally it is. And he's, she's just like, you know what? We're just going to leave this here. And so she starts to walk away. But then guess who she sees? The ex. Steve. So he, so, so Lauren ends up running back to. Oh. There you are. Oh, Steve. Oh my God, that is so funny running into you again. <laughs> um, this is my boyfriend, FDR. Huh. He, uh, he's the surgeon that we were talking about. Huh. Yeah. 
neurosurgeon. Oh. I'm the department head at the Children's Hospital. Wow, that's amazing. Ah. He is. He's really amazing. Stop so. amazing. He plays the part. He even purposely starts mistaking Steve's oh, name. I loved this which, part. It's not my best scene, but I would say that's my best... Yeah, you know what? Screw it. That is my best scene just because of that. I was like, hey, Stu, great meeting you. And he's like, it's Steve. Steve. And he's like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> it's just it's just rude enough that he can get away with it. And also, like, clearly, you know, FDR is thinking on his feet. He understands yeah. the scenario. We got to make this guy feel bad and feel jealous. And And he definitely did. Like, you could see on Steve's face, he was now jealous of what was happening. So they end up going off... On, like they end up continuing the date and they go to a pizza place and they actually end up hitting it off. So FDR and Lauren, they are on the rise. They are really hitting it off. They're really enjoying, you know, hanging out. The two guys assemble teams. And I say this because there's like two sides to it. It's hilarious. There's like one group for FDR and one group for Tuck. This is my best scene. When they do recon... Later on that night, uh, like in Lauren's apartment and the music playing and just like this entire scene of like her being so just not even like aware of what's happening, but also to show that like they're CIA, CIA agents, like they're super good at their jobs, but like... <laughs> like cheesy it was it's, really cheesy i, I was loved gonna it. say it's fun <laughs> and it's entertaining but it is on the uh, we got some fromage here it's definitely cheesy it's it is equivalent to a sarah montage because i didn't get a montage in this except in this, it's a spy you know montage. exactly mm. and i liked it i liked the cheese so both tuck and fdr's teams they end up calling them both letting them know that Lauren has called an emergency girls night with her friend Trish because she's having a hard time dating two men because she wouldn't know who to choose. So they have a little focus group because like literally that is Lauren's life. So she gives herself a deadline of one week to decide who she's going to pick either FDR or Tuck during this like emergency meeting. And like, this was almost my best scene because I think this is hilarious because sometimes this is 100% what girls talk about. Lauren dove into how I think they're, there is one thing. FDR has these tiny, like, girl hands, like little T-Rex hands. <laughs> uh, gross. That means he's got a Mike and Ike for a penis. <laughs> you know that's not true. You've seen it. I just, like, I thought that was really funny and, like, the whole girl's night. And on the other side of things, the two guys are listening to everything that's going on, and they're laughing at each other, and it was really cute. So each guy takes what they learned from their recon teams and uses it for their dates with Lauren. So Tuck takes her to the speedway or the, what is it called? I don't know. I just called it the speedway uh, to drive a Camaro and, uh, oh, sorry, the racetrack. How yes, that? it's a racetrack. Yeah. Racetrack, a speedway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so she gets to drive a Camaro and then FDR takes her to an art warehouse where her favorite artist paintings are. And she's just both like wooed so much. At another point, Tuck also brings her to because she knows gymnastics, and I guess he does as well. Because well, I, he's a CIA agent, so right. clearly he's skilled. He definitely but like, knows gymnastics. They do this trapeze <laughs> moment where they're swinging yes. from thing yeah, to thing. They're in a circus. Which, which is like, I'm just wondering. They, we as the audience, don't see the conversation, but like, how do you ask a girl like, "Hey, you're into gymnastics? 
why don't you go on up there and hang from that little rope and swing over to me who's going to be hanging from the... No girl says yes to that. Well, and not only that, like, I did gymnastics, and that is not, like, something I would like to try it's on not a date. entry-level shit. No. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? When they walked in, I was like, they're not going to do that, are they? And then they started, and I'm like... Yeah, they do do it. They really do. And it is like, that's exactly not entry level shit. So uh, can we now talk about the weirdest like locations and venues, like just spots for a first date? For sure. I have on the list ice skating rink. I guess the implication is what if they're shitty at skating? Oh, I don't think that's terrible. See, because we we live in Canada, so that's why we're like, <laughs> most people know how to skate. Keep for your the, stick like, on the, the ice, part, man. For the most part. Um, <laughs> how about how about a first date at a wedding? Oh no, that's terrible. That, that does is, happen. That is horrible. That is like a that's. I think about how I met your mother, how Ted Mosby, they stopped giving him plus ones because he oh keeps on inviting God, yes. the random girl he happened to have gone on like two dates with to the wedding. Yeah, and then they're like, Ted and Mosby. now we need to sh- cut her out of all the photos because like, who the hell was she? So and awkward. So awkward. 100%. And I think I've talked about this before. Um, an ex, uh, their, their aunt would make sure that the significant others were all standing on the outside of the picture so that if they ever needed to cut it, like if they if they ever broke up, they could just cut the photo. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. So I would either be taking the photo or just like stand on the outside. And to be honest, like I've been the boyfriend in those situations. Like we had been dating for a bit, but and maybe maybe this was a tip of the hand on Devin's part. But I I would be like, oh, you know what? You guys should get some without me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the, you know what? I never thought about it. Maybe they were like, what? He's not in this. For the long haul, because I, because I, I probably wasn't, and I was oh even thinking God. that like you guys want pics without me. Trust me. Oh <laughs> Trust yeah, I'm me. gonna pull the shoot anytime. She now. has no idea, but you're gonna, you're gonna thank yeah. me later. Well, another ex, I was in the um, yearly calendar that was provided every year. Time out. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. What yearly calendar? Well, so like there was the, a calendar, a family, family yeah. the family makes a yes, calendar. The family made a calendar what? every year and they Sarah, like, how have we not heard it? of this before? <laughs> no, I just you thought of it right now. You were in a family calendar. Yeah, I was. Some other family's calendar. Yes. And we had broken up after. Holy shit. Um, later that year. Oh my God. And I kind of thought about it briefly, but now like it's a little weird oh looking back on whatever year it was and you see me and. Him and the whole family. <laughs> Quick question. <laughs> yeah. Was it the same family where that aunt you mentioned no, before loved you? Oh, family. different family. Different I was going to say, because that would be why the aunt's just going through the months like, oh, no, June, no, no, Sarah. It was a different, it was a different family. Well, and it wasn't like class pictures of just me. But it's you and month. the guy, right? Yeah. And like, Dude, I how think, awkward is that? I know. And I think like other family, but yes, it was extremely awkward looking, well, thinking back now, I guess. Oh but my God. It's just a treasure they'll always have. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God those are only relevant for 12 months. Imagine like. Right? Well, I'm sure the grandma keeps it. God, what families do calendars? I'm so curious. Actually, I know a lot of families and I've thought about doing it. Sorry, for our family. Yes. Okay. I'd like to just take an opportunity right now to put my hand up and say, I think that's a horrible idea. Well, you might get one. 
Um, to, uh, <laughs> back to weird dating uh, locations. Uh, a shooting range is on the list. Yeah, I feel like that's like a. Oh, you kind of need to. What, you have a story I about actually, this too. I actually Are you went kidding? to an archery um, place for a date one time. Okay, archery, archery. You can get like like. It was ax- also a shooting range. Oh, it was also a shooting. Like range. I think okay. there's like another area for it. But, but you know what though? Like we shot archery. I, I, I would assume by this, like it means like with guns, which like oh, some people. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Right. No. Might be uncomfortable. No, actually, that. now that I think about it, I think it was just a, I think it was just an arch, like a, a like a bow, crossbow, like, or archery place. Yeah, we shot archery. I, See, that would be cool. It was actually really fun. That could be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, this person says, at an extreme sport, don't, don't do a first date, like, I guess, like, don't go skydiving for your first date. Well, don't yeah, go what bungee if you jumping. Shit your pants? Yeah. Like, that's humiliating. Wait, is that like. Well, Pretty I don't high know. On the list of <laughs> but I personally, I wouldn't want to go on a first date and shit my pants. There's no going back. That's Sarah's first concern, like skydiving. <laughs> oh, think about the shit. Has anybody thought about the shit? <laughs> but what if you're so scared, you? <laughs> I guess you're right. I just that's not my first thought when skydiving. My first thought is. Is the shoot gonna go? And oh. will I die? Like that's kind of my big. Well, you're concern. not going by yourself. True. Like especially on your first time wow, skydiving. You, you think like I might shit myself right now? <laughs> that's your primary concern. Well, I don't know how scared I would be. Okay, all right. Good to know. We're learning a lot. Um, you know what? I'll I'll just end it there because that one was a great way to end that. <laughs> you're welcome. So one night, Lauren's drinking wine with her friend Trish again, and FDR overhears that Lauren feels that FDR is great, but that he really only thinks of himself. So the next date, he brings Lauren to a dog sanctuary to adopt a dog. He ends up adopting the oldest dog there so that he doesn't have to stay with the dog too long. Um but because he wants to show her that he's responsible for something other than himself. For Tuck's date, he brings her paintballing because Lauren had said during this conversation that he's too safe. So this was my actual best scene is Tuck just... Annihilating? Annihilating was the <laughs> literal word I was going to use, Sarah. He eviscerates these children. He's They're in a bunker. He's throwing like paintball grenades at them. He's tearing kids off towers. He's just, yeah, destroying them. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> so the next date with Lauren and FDR... The next part of this movie comes down to the sex tiebreaker. The next set of dates, Lauren has decided that she's going to have to sleep with them in order to make this, you know, one week thing work where she makes a decision in one week. So the next date with Lauren, FDR brings her to, to his Nana's house and they tell stories of FDR. We find out what happened to his parents and he's very wholesome. The whole thing is very wholesome. And then they go home to Lauren's house and they do sleep together. The next day, Tuck brings Lauren to pick up his son, Joe. And Lauren says, you know what? I have a great idea. Let's go to my work and we'll have some fun. So they spend, again, this is like my dream. Um, they spend the day like breaking things and testing a whole bunch of like different toys and crazy cool like sprinklers and like it's really fun and then tuck drives lauren home and they you think that they you know they do kind of sleep together um and before they do tuck tells lauren that he is in love with her 
Drops the L-bomb. Big words. Wow. And at the same time, he ends up crushing all of uh, FDR's like surveillance in the house. He destroys it all. So FDR can only assume. They did sleep it, together. It happened, yeah. Right. The next part of the film, I, I was actually pretty sad about it because now FDR and Tuck, they're no longer friends. They were best friends at the beginning of this film, and now they're like transferring out of the department. They don't want to speak to each other. We're done. And in fact, Tuck actually gets a phone call from Lauren. So he's kind of gloating a little bit. It appears she has chosen Tuck. Yes. He goes to this restaurant to meet her. Meanwhile, after he leaves, FDR is going through some surveillance footage with his friggin' team of guys. And he noticed the big bad guy, Heinrich, is in the background of one of these photos they took with, yeah, it's Heinrich, my bad. No, I, you know what? I don't know. I may have been saying it wrong the whole time, and I apologize. Could be either or. <laughs> anyway, he's in the background of one of the photos, so FDR is realizing, like, holy shit, he, I think he's tailing Tuck and Lauren, so he goes to the restaurant to tell Tuck about it. So, of course, worst case scenario for Lauren, the, both guys I'm dating are all of a sudden here. Like, why is FDR here? She runs to the washroom. FDR tries to explain to Tuck while she's in the washroom, here's what's happening. You have neither the grace nor the humility to lose like a man, do you? It's Heinrich. He's in LA. We have to get on it right now. Do you know what? You are incredible. I really are. I have to take my hat off to you. This is very impressive. You listen to me. Yeah, have to listen. You take your hands off me. This is not a talk. Take your hat off me, mate. They end up getting into this full-blown fist fight. fight. The entire restaurant gets cleared because they're just destroying the place. Meanwhile, the, Lauren has learned, oh, you guys were friends. Was I just some kind of conquest? Was it a bet? She overreacts maybe a little bit. Still, though, that would be pretty jarring to learn. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like unexpected. <laughs> and she she tries to leave the place with Trish, but they get kidnapped by Heinrich. Or Heinrich, we're not sure. The big bad <laughs> villain took them. She grabbed them. And now, now they're on the run. <laughs> they are. Well, they're driving along a freeway. And of course, the two guys chase after them. And there's like this whole like action scene of like a car chase and everything. And things are blowing up. And there's lots of shooting happening. And it's a high speed chase. And at the end, she makes her decision by choosing FDR. Yeah. They're both like, come to me and I'll save you. No, come over here. And she chooses FDR, which is... A nice way to wrap up the movie it because is. what ends up happening is that Tuck, I don't understand how he could have been married to Abigail Spencer's character and have never told her once that he is a CIA, a agent? CIA agent. Yeah, Katie, his ex-wife. So his son and Katie both see Tuck like on the news and they're like, is that dad? Is he like... Is he like a super spy or something? He is not a travel agent. He is not a travel agent. <laughs> Your dad's a super spy. Uh, so that kind of rekindles the relationship there, which is nice because everybody, this is a classic Sarah ending. Everybody ends up with the person they're supposed to end up with. I Tuck loved it. ends up with his original wife, FDR and Lauren. They're together. The bad guy's in jail. We're happy. It's It was a great way to end the movie. And then we get a little fast forward of them about to jump out of a plane. Yes. Yeah. I love the fast forward. I love the after, you know, oh, Sarah just to needs know. to know. I do. Send me out one year. What's happening? <laughs> well, here's what's happening. They're still CIA agents together. They are. FDR is about to propose to, oh no, he has proposed he to has, Lauren. They're yes. engaged and he wants Tuck to be his best man. We do find out that Tuck actually never slept with Lauren. Yeah. And that FDR secretly slept with Katie. 
Katie before Tuck's they knew each other. Which I was almost like, did you need to have that? In the I movie? know, like, I know. That just makes him a little bit more slimy, and I I kind of forgot about the slime <laughs> for I, a, for a brief second. Yeah, I put the slime out of my mind because he had this nice little redemption arc, and now he's like, and I slept with your wife, so like it's fair you slept with Lauren. Yeah, Tuck's like, I didn't actually <laughs> sleep with Lauren, so that is not fair. Uh, quick facts. Quick facts. The skyline city in the opening scene is not Hong Kong, but Shanghai. FDR calls Tuck about a Chips marathon. Chris Pine's father, Robert, was a cast member on Chips from 1977. The bachelor pad of FDR had to reflect his expensive and exotic tastes, so the production found a converted penthouse with a swimming pool in the ceiling of the apartment in the Chinatown district of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. The pool had a glass bottom, making the pool visible from the downstairs dining room. When the production designer showed the apartment to direct to the director, the latter looked up and was astonished to see the pool and a beautiful girl in a bikini doing laps, which had been prearranged. I was going to say, there's no way that just happens coincidentally. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, would you, I, I don't think I would ever swim in that pool if I knew somebody was already in the house. You know, because it's just creepy, like, oh, you're in the dining room and you can see me swimming. Yeah, like, it's, you you see it all. Unless you, yeah, unless you're very confident. Right, <laughs> right? Like, if you, yeah, bang and bot or pure confidence, you're in that pool. Yeah, maybe maybe only if you're, if you're having, like, guests <laughs> over, then, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, if you've had a few. You've the confidence in all the world, you yeah, know? True, yes. <laughs> Lauren Scott and Tuck Hansen first meet at the Blarney Stone, which is a real pub located in downtown Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It is known to be one of the busiest gastropubs in town. Making FDR and Tuck believable as CIA agents was tasked to Paul Maurice, a military advisor with extensive wartime experience who serves as the film's CIA technical advisor. Maurice worked closely with Pine and Hardy to give them a high proficiency in weapons handling and hand-to-hand combat. Interesting. And he he agreed like, oh, yeah, it's very typical for two guys working in the CIA to use a CIA to use a drone to spy on each other (laughs) on dates. That's all accurate. Hey, totally using CIA resources to. Yeah, exactly. Like when that started, I was like, this is so this is so against the law. Most of Chelsea Handler's lines were ad libbed, including the mention of Cheetos and Mike and Ike's. The U.S. theatrical version was cut for some sex jokes to achieve the PG-13 rating. International theatrical versions were released uncut. However, the cut version was used for the home video releases worldwide. See, this is so tough being in Canada because with box office sales, they just lump Canada into the U.S. Right. So I didn't the, I didn't actually know that, but that's yeah, interesting. They, they just lump us in because we're like, yeah, a couple more. Um, but then, so in Canada, did we get the international version or did we just get the USA version? That is a very good question. We're I always in a gray zone here. I know. That, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. Sam Worthington, Colin Farrell, Justin Timberlake, and Seth Rogen were considered for the lead roles, but eventually, in the end, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy were cast. Bradley Cooper was cast but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts, and James Franco was offered a role but declined. Both guys on the singles website on each side of Tuck's picture are crew members from the movie. They also show up in the video store database as FDR searching for Lawrence information. The members were Jay Mitchell, who was on set design, and Peter Stratford, uh, who was the assistant art director. The video store scene took place at HMV on Robson Street in Vancouver, British Columbia. The HMV stores are now closed. 
Director McGee revealed, I don't know why I say it like that, but McGee um, revealed during the DVD commentary that Tuck's nickname comes from the character's love of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Is he ever seen eating Kentucky Fried Chicken? I don't I think so. Don't think so. That's yeah. just a fun little like we're building a character <laughs> and here's a wild fact about yeah. him yeah. and then they never fit it into the exactly. movie. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I think it would have been pretty funny actually to have like a scene of him eating KFC. Like I think that would have been really funny. I would have liked that. I would be so interested to hear stories like that from writers who are like storyboarding mm. these like movies or or uh, like I was reading this thing about Angela from The Office, how like it wasn't until like like everybody knew like she uh, went to church, oh, but okay. it wasn't until like season three or four that like one of the writers was like, Hey, like we should like, we should actually make that like a bigger part of her character yeah. because literally nobody ever says it. We just assume it about her Yeah, and like, because she gives off the vibe. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. It helps with the character development. Right. I mean, obviously, but they, I sometimes think that they leave things out. Like I actually thought you were going to say Angela and her cats. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> The Beastie Boys song Sabotage appropriately features throughout the movie whenever the two main characters are sabotaging each other's dates. This is the second of three films starring Chris Pine to use the song as its marquee track. Star Trek in 2009 and Star Trek Beyond in 2016 featured the song prominently as sort of a theme for Pine's Captain Kirk. After principal photography had wrapped, director McGee and his teams went to work film editing, music scoring, sound mixing, and putting the uh, finishing touches on the movie's visual effects. Later, during this post-production period, they showed the movie to select audiences to gauge reactions and fine-tune the film. The screenings yielded outstanding scores, which revealed that the movie played to men, women, singles, and couples. This, and the ensuing positive word of mouth, led the 20th Century Fox movie studio to pick the unexpected 2012 year release date of Valentine's Day, which falls on February 14th, which was a Tuesday this year. Most films debut in the u.s on a friday in time for the weekend but for mcgee the holiday release seemed perfect he pointed out after all everyone needs a little action on valentine's day (laughs) when the film was submitted to the motion picture association of america the film was given an r rating due to some racy dialogue spoken by chelsea handler's character it was later edited and given a pg-13 rating for sexual content including references some violence in action and for language for the theatrical release i was gonna say there are some lines that chelsea handler has that i'm like oh okay like i feel like that's bordering the r yeah rating i mean now that they now that i read this obviously not when i was watching the movie (laughs) it's also like evident that there wasn't a writer writing her stuff. She yeah. just started ad-libbing it. And I'm sure they ended up in the production booth like, <laughs> holy shit, do we have any good takes of her saying it? No, all inappropriate. Oh, okay. okay. Well, let's let's see what they say. R rating. Okay, yeah. let's cut some of this shit out. <laughs> oh, God. The scene where Trish and Lauren Scott are shopping for laundry detergent near the beginning of the film was shot at a Canadian tire store in, in <laughs> B.C. <laughs> Oh my God, as if. I know. Production designer um, Martin and his team upped the spy against spy action by devising gadgets utilized by FDR and Tuck as they wage war against one another. His teams researched CIA weapons and surveillance techniques and made them even more high tech and fantastic. 
Can I make a comment about your last one, though, real quick? Because I did see a comedian recently, like an American comedian, making fun of Canadian tire stores. So, oh, so for right. our, for our international listeners mm-hmm. in the U.S. or like wherever, Canadian Tire is like it's a Canadian department store that like it started as like auto repair, auto, hence the freaking name Canadian Tire. And now it's like... And you can also pick up appliance. Like you we got air fryers up, yeah, back appliances, here. <laughs> fishing, outdoors, garden center. Um, what else? Like everything for your like light. They they sell sell lights. They sell paint. They like it's everything. everything. <laughs> and and the joke from this comedian was like, what what were they thinking? Like we're gonna draw them in with the tires. I was kind of surprised to find out they sell more than tires. I don't know why I would think they only sell tires. It's not like the store is called Canadian Tire. <laughs> How important are tires to you people? <laughs> you know how people love shopping for tires? We lure them in with the tires. And then, boom, we sell them a blender. And like they have crazy, crazy <laughs> sales too. Like you can get stuff that's like regular, like a hundred dollars for like twenty, not yeah. even ten. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Tom Hardy and Chris Pine have gone on to be in film adaptations of Tom Clancy's work. Hardy played Sam Fisher in Splinter Cell, and Pine played the title spy character in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit in 2014. I'm surprised they didn't carry him over into the TV series on Prime. Don't get me wrong. I'm like happy about John Krasinski, but like I, you know, also like Chris Pine. I'm just just throwing that out there. Director McGee said it will come as no surprise that Pine and Hardy handled the high octane spy action and stunts with skill and daring. But this means war audiences will see a movie first. Reese Witherspoon mixing it up with the boys in full throttle action mode. Not only does she get to drive at excessive speeds on a military racetrack in a drop head coupe, she flew on a swinging trapeze and donned a mask and firearm for an intense ruthless game of paintball. By the end of the movie, Reese is at the center of the action that's what the director said correct there's no way she was actually swinging on those trapeze (laughs) like that the actual exchange maybe she swung for like two takes and they're like all right get on down here i'd love to know if she did her own stunts because i noticed when they actually do like the exchange right you can't tell who the f yeah that's those are stunt doubles (laughs) this spy film inverted a common paradigm of the james bond movie franchise where the character frequently had two significant relationships with two Bond girls in many Bond movies. This was commonly reflected in movie posters for Bond films where the tuxedo-clad character would be seen positioned between a Bond girl on either side. This movie reversed this methodology by having a character, a non-spy, Lauren, who is the equivalent of a Bond girl and dates in the movie two secret agents and in film posters for the movie was seen positioned standing in the middle between the two attractive male spies. During the opening scene, one of the ladies asks FDR permission to come aboard, Captain? Chris Pine played Captain Kirk in Star Trek 2009, Star Trek Into the Darkness in 2013, and Star Trek Beyond in 2016. Trish calls Lauren from a children's play center, which is a real place called Crash Crawlies. It is located near a freeway, which can be seen through the windows. Tuck's real name is listed as John Harrison on the dating site. That makes this the first time that Chris Pine clashes with a character called John Harrison in the movie. Pine, who played Captain Kirk in Star Trek Into the Darkness, where he battled with Khan Singh, who was played by uh, 
Benedict Cumberbatch, who uses the alias John Harrison. Director McGee previously helmed the espionage action comedy movies Charlie's Angels from 2000 and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle 2003, and also helmed the action spy thriller drama Three Days to Kill in 2014. As such, McGee has directed four spy movies as of September 2018. Intelligence agencies referenced and or featured in this movie include the CIA, Interpol, Special Ops, and the Mexico uh, Sniper Squad, and the Mexican FDS, which is the Federal Security Directorate. Reese Witherspoon and Chris Pine appear together in A Wrinkle in Time, the movie, from 2018. In one scene, FDR is watching the 1997 film Titanic. The director of photography of this film, Russell Carpenter, was also the director of photography on Titanic and won an Oscar for Best Cinematography on that film. Also, this film was released in the year 2012, and the 1997 film was re-released in theaters in 3D this same year to commemorate the centennial of the Titanic sinking in 1912. The name of the company for which Lauren Scott worked was Smart Consumer Inc., which was located in L.A., California. An alternate ending was shot with Lauren ending up with Tuck. Another alternate ending was shot where Tuck and FDR are holding one another while Lauren is by herself on the uncompleted freeway. So which ending do we prefer? I don't know. I think Tuck getting back with his... Yes, with that, Katie. That's pleasing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it all worked out. Rebel Wilson makes a surprise cameo as Tuck's fake sister. She is in the uncut version of the movie. Honorable mentions. Okay, my honorable mention is Chelsea Handler. <laughs> She's not like my favorite sometimes because like I she her jokes are like really crude and things like that. But I actually liked her ad libbing throughout this movie. Like I thought it brought another level to pushing Lauren's character along the the path because I think it would have been kind of flat like your place or mine if it hadn't have been for Minka in that movie too right like it it's it it helped along she was needed and I I loved the way that they kind of made her her character a little crude like I liked that totally a little crude it is you know now that you bring up your place or mine I think there is a funny I'm not thinking about Minka I'm thinking about Tignataro it is like a theme in romantic comedies to cast like a pure comedian mm. to be like, and you're just the funny best friend. Yeah. You know, that's your role. Because we know they're not super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like else. Kevin Hart before he was a star, he was just like, you're the funny other guy. Like, okay, I'll be the funny <laughs> other guy in the movie. Sure. Why not? Did they do a movie called The Other Guy? <laughs> oh, The Other Guy. Well, there's The Other Guys. Oh, okay. Which is Mark Wahlberg and Will oh, Ferrell. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Just when you said that, I was like, he could, he like could that. have done a movie called The Other Guy. No, I don't think he did. Oh, he, I just he he is that movie where he's like uh like a, a best man for people who don't have friends. Oh my god! So I've I, never seen that one. Yeah, I think that one might be near what you're talking about. But uh, my honorable mention is the entirely nameless cast of people who work at the CIA. I do you remember a single up? Uh, don't look at don't. No, look at I'm notes. not. I'm not. A single one no. of the people who work for the CIA. Do you remember the name of the characters? No. They are entirely <laughs> just randoms. And I just thought, like, it's it's both my what should have been and my honorable mention because they all played a really funny part, but I have no idea who any of them are. And my what should have been is going to be 
Like, give me like an ice cube in 21 Jump Street. Give me like right. the angry CIA executive who's like well known. He's somebody big. And he I, I feel like yeah, this movie that would have been really cool. Like the like throw a Samuel L. Jackson. and He's mm-hmm. just like freaking or like Liam Neeson. And he's just like, you know, like just angry all the time. Yeah, And give him like a little bit more screen time than like their CIA director had. Right. Like totally. just a little bit of a bigger part and like kind of set more things in motion. Um, my, what should have been is that I wish, like, I get that the movie obviously was a Mm rom-com. Um, but I kind of wish that there was a little bit more to the villain story and that like, we don't even know what his deal is. Yeah. Like, like it literally goes from, and we kind of didn't add this into our telling of the, the movie. He, at the very beginning of the movie grabs a piece of FDR suit and then goes to a suit maker in Italy and finds out where this like where the owner of the suit that like it was made for was in LA and that's why he goes to LA that's why he's there he tracks them down through like a piece of the suit that he gets at the very beginning of the movie but like that's it yeah like and- all the other CIA agents are used to find information on Lauren totally and, like, also as the villain, like, what is the motive there? Like, your brother died, sure, but, like, I'm pretty sure most villains would just be like, okay, I got away. I'll just keep on doing villain stuff. Like, I don't need to track down these CIA agents, well, you know? yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, the revenge piece, I kind of got, and I was okay with it. Oh, you were okay with but revenge. Like, but, like, a... Sl- like, Sarah, pro-revenge, ladies and gentlemen. No, but, like, just, like, not a lot more of the villain piece, but just a little bit more. I could, and you know, like the spy espionage, like, like it could have been like that Lauren helped with like create some, oh, like you consumer pieces, like that would have been cool, like hmm. you know, I don't know. Okay. Overall rewatchability. So, and the only other quick which should have been, and I'll explain it here, is that I just wish there was a little bit more real chemistry between Reese and Tuck and Reese. And FDR. There were times I saw it, and then there were times where I'm like, really? Like she likes them? I don't know. I can't I can't totally tell all the time. So I'm giving chemistry 2.5. I'm giving storyline 3.8. I'm giving thirst factor a 4.9 because everybody in this film is gorgeous. Imagination a 3.2. It's uh, an idea that's been done before, not too too many times. Soundtrack a three, cheese a 3.75. I almost scored it lower. There were a few moments that were bad kind of cheese, but then there was some good cheese too. That gives an overall score of 3.52 for Dev. Okay, so my rewatchability is Chemistry 3.5, Storyline 3.5, Thirst Factor 5, Imagination 3.3, Soundtrack 4, Cheese 4 for an overall score of 3.88. Oh, wow. Yeah. A much higher score. I know. It, it actually surprised me. <laughs> didn't think I'd, it would be that high so um i think just individually the categories for me um like it was a fun movie i like the action rom-coms i think maybe we should do more this has been the rom-com rewind of this means war if you heard anything on this podcast you want to talk more about maybe you have a family calendar and you don't think it's weird feel free to reach <laughs> out about that that's cool or anything that you hear on any of our podcast episodes on Instagram at Romcom Rewind. Thanks for listening.